the we're going family style deal. Because I want a bite of your Big Mac. And I need some of your quarter pounds. I'll try your filet of fish. There's a deal for every friend group at McDonald's. Order any two classics for just six bucks. Price of participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer. Sometimes life can feel like a pressure cooker. From our work life to our personal lives and relationships, there's so much to balance. It's easy to feel weighed down when you're experiencing anxiety, stress, or sadness. But guess what? You're not alone. You may not know it now, but support is all around you. No matter where you are, all you need to do is ask. Let us help find you a community at churchescare.com. Churches are communities of care. Go to C-H-U-R-C-H-E-S-Care.com to explore the possibilities. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiecki is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Gwilda Wiecki's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Science of Magic or endorsed in any manner by Gwilda Wiecki, Relmar McConnell Media Company, its affiliated networks, stations, or employees. Welcome to the Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, a program dedicated to uncovering the unified nature of reality and humanity's ever-evolving place as truly galactic beings. For more information on the Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, visit us online at www.thescienceofmagic.net. Welcome to the Science of Magic, a place where science and magic come together to transform fact into evolving truth. We're coming to you through the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net, and can also be found on our website, www.thescienceofmagic.net. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. This hour, we'll be exploring sovereignty. It's alarming how few of us really know what it is to be sovereign. It's no wonder, as we've been birthed into a world where for generations we've had to look outside ourselves for guidance. We've been directed by systems and religions rather than our inner guidance for so long, many of us don't even know we have such a thing. During the last astrological ages, our solar system moved through a portion of the galaxy that has less light or frequency. Due to the lack of available luminosity, our personal access to more esoteric information was somewhat limited. During the darker times, only gifted individuals totally dedicated to enlightenment could access spiritual information or the Akashic records. The rest of us had to rely on the information brought through by our prophets and shaman. Even profound information accessed by gifted ones, such as Jesus, became distorted as there was not enough frequency available for us to understand the deeper meanings or the multidimensional nature of truth. As a result, misinterpretation and dogma replaced expansive truth. In the absence of individual discernment, misconceptions were frozen and applied to every situation as hard and fast rules. Those rules fell into the hands of self-proclaimed leaders who used them to control the masses, and there you have it, a world controlled by outside factions rather than divine guidance. The wheels turn and ages change, we're now entering into the age of Aquarius, which provides a more expansive and balanced frequency. In short, there's more light to see by. Yet to see, we must wake up and open our eyes, or we remain in darkness regardless of the light available. For generations, we've been subjected to polarized judgments and misinformation that we still perceive as reality. 
This false reality is very pervasive, welded into our psyche with guilt and shame. As long as we're controlled by guilt and shame, we're not sovereign or self-directed, but subject to an exploitive system. As the ambient frequency rises, we have the opportunity to re-examine our beliefs, release our guilt and shame, and access the more expansive truths increasingly becoming available. It's an individual choice and an inside job, one that will destroy our reality and remake our worlds. Sovereignty requires access to our inner guidance or intuition. In order to access this nearly forgotten skill, we must clear away the damage and false beliefs perpetrated upon humankind for millennia. So wherever does one start? In addition to intuition, there are two powerful standard issue aspects of the human being known as will and intention. However, as long as we remain subject to outside forces, we're in victimhood which is a very willless frequency. To further complicate things, most of us are clueless as to what we really want. If we don't know what we want, we cannot set intention to engage our will. You might say, I know what I want. I want to win the lottery. Well, winning the lottery has been offered up by the system as a created solution to a perceived problem of lack. Lack is an illusion. As long as we look to the system or to the lottery to provide we're subject to it, firmly planted in victim, and therefore willless. I told you it was pervasive. If we're willing to re-examine our entire reality and allow our intention to evolve, we can start by simply intending to move towards sovereignty and enlightenment. As soon as we set that intent, everything standing between us and our sovereignty is suddenly in our face to be cleared. That's the magic of intention and where the work really begins. Our guest this hour, Amy Vaseling, is an intuitive reader. She supports others to embody the life they love through finding their own truth. She's passionate about seeing people thrive. Amy is aware that the more each individual is empowered, the greater the positive impact our entire world. Amy is an international speaker, teacher, healer, and coach who resides in St. Paul, Minnesota. After this commercial break, I'll introduce Amy. And together, we'll explore intuition, sovereignty, and personal empowerment. So don't go away. You're listening to The Science of Magic. Prior innovative episodes can always be found on our website, www.thescienceofmagic.net. This is Kevin Randall. For nearly 30 years, I have been investigating the case of the Roswell UFO. I have interviewed hundreds of people and stood on the crash site. Now in Roswell in the 21st century, I have reviewed dozens of hours of audio and videotaped interviews, examined hundreds of files that relate to the crash, and have returned to Roswell in an attempt to put all that information into the proper perspective. For the first time in Roswell in the 21st century, I have made a dispassionate reevaluation of all that material and provide a new look at what happened. This is a book that clears away all the clutter that has hidden the truth for so long, strips away the various lies that surround the case, exposes the Air Force attempts at cover-up, and found a core of solid information that tells us all where the case stands today. Roswell in the 21st Century will be available in just a few weeks. For more information, please visit my website at www.kevinrandall.blogspot.com. Gibbs A. Williams, Ph.D., is a practicing psychoanalyst, supervisor, researcher, and author in New York City. Much of his life has been dedicated to understanding nature and the uses of meaningful coincidences or synchronicities. His radical and original non-Jungian, non-mystical, non-magical theory of synchronicities illuminates much of the fog surrounding this challenging and perplexing topic. His ideas and manners are fresh, presented in a style that is both entertaining and highly informative. He is also an expert on crisis intervention, specially focused on violence reduction for the police and citizens, mastering anxiety, frustration, and stress without the use of medication, and effectively preventing and treating heroin addiction. Dr. Williams can be contacted at his email address at gwwilliamsny11 at aol.com or visit his website at www.drgibbswilliams.com. 
shamanism is recognized as a method to access the quantum level. Mastery of shamanic skills puts spiritual information and healing power into your hands. Path Home Shamanic Art School, a bonded Colorado-certified occupational school, has met rigorous state standards ensuring its director and instructors have the qualifications to teach the shamanic arts. Path Home offers its certification program in blocks of study. Block 1, a five-day intensive, will be held in the beautiful mountain town of Coldale, Colorado, October 13th through 18th. Registration deadline is September 12th. Experience journey trance, power animals, helping spirits, sacred space, and life purpose. Come discover your power. Join me, Gwilda Wiyaka, in the magical world of shamanism. Call 303-775-3431 or visit findyourpathhome.com. Welcome back. This is the Science of Magic, dedicated to unification and evolution of consciousness. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. Our guest this hour, Amy Vasterling, is an intuitive reader, international speaker, teacher, healer, and coach. Her website, www.intuitivepathfinder.com. Amy, thank you so much for joining us on the Science of Magic. Thanks for having me, Gwilda. I'm really excited to be here. It should be fun. You read energy. Could you tell us about that and what it means and how you use it? Yes, I sure can. I am an intuitive or multi-sensory energy reader. And how I think of it is if you could read in another language, say German or French, you can do the same thing by reading energy. It's just a perception shift a little bit. And I've been able to do it since I was quite young. But really gained my skill in it as I have gotten older. And I use it to navigate my life as well as help other people look at their life from a vastly different angle and then help them create change through a whole host of tools. And I also can read from the Akashic Records, which is a little different than the other quantum field reading is what I call it with the um, energy reading that I do. And then the Akashic Records is also energy reading, but it's a little bit different. Oh, you just opened up a whole whole um, can of worms here. So I probably did. <laughs> Have fun with this one. So, would you mind telling me what the Akashic records are and how that differs from normal intuitive reading? Yeah. Well, here's the thing with the Akashic records for me. I didn't. I wasn't trained to learn how to read them, and so my relationship with them is more of a feeling than a specific place or a defined. Um, how would I say it, something that I can define in a concrete sequential sentence. How I would say it is if you moved your hand in front of your body, that energy is stored and remembered forever. And the Akashic Records to me is the memory of all and everything that's ever happened. So it's the history or the records of all things, all things that have happened. And in the Akasha the difference for me when I read from the Akasha is it feels very serious and deep, whereas normally I'm reading quantum field energy, which is, to me, linked more to the guide realm. That's my natural sweet spot. And the guide realm is very much about wisdom and play. So there's a very different feeling. My eyes feel differently when I enter the Akashic records. I feel like I want to keep them open and look straight ahead. And the information that comes from the Akasha is very concise. It might be three words, and I can say the three words to the client I'm working with. And then behind that, I can give them paragraphs of information about how that syncs up to them. But it's just really kind of um, quick information, really concise. And the thing about the Akashic Records as a reader that's very unique is it is about asking a very succinct question. So my client might ask me one question, and with their permission, I would read and ask 20 more questions to get to the root of what they're asking. Okay. So, um, again, more questions. Questions That's beget okay. questions. Yeah. <laughs> um, good. You speak of the Akashic Records as you know a, a record of everything that's ever happened. But if time is really not linear, does it also record and hold things of fut- what we would consider to be future events? I believe so. I have not dealt with that too much. I'm mostly looking at people's present time and some future, um, but that's exactly right, is, is there, that would have the wisdom of what is forward going. The only thing I will say to that is there is free will. So humans, and often when I read um, in the multisensory way, 
I will see in people's solar plexus an area where if I can't see what's going on for them and get the information, when I look at the solar plexus, I will often see fear. And that's where we can't, I as a reader, don't look beyond that. I can ask them if I can look beyond that and see how they can work through the fear. But with things like that, obstacles, emotional obstacles, um, sometimes that forward going can alter or change based on free will. Does this make sense? Yeah, it absolutely does. Yeah. Um, and so the the other thing that I've noticed personally when I'm working with the Akashic Records is it's so condensed. And I have, it comes through me at night and that's how I write, okay? Oh, nice. uh, Yeah, well, sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I so it, understand that. <laughs> But it comes through. It comes through so condensed that I'll write down. Uh, I'll wake up in the middle of the night and write down a sentence, and that's you know a chapter or three in a book. By the time I get done um, decoding it, and furthermore, it's inside out, upside down, and backwards from the way our language works. Have you noticed that? And can you speak to it? Well, you know, I love what you're saying, and that's what I love about the Akasha, especially in contrast to the type of reading that that is it actually came first to do the multi-sensory reading. That is very much nurturing and um, and being there with the client. But the Akasha is so concise. And I think of it like a snake biting. It's just so quick and driven. Um, and, well, ask me again. I'm forgetting the second part of your question. You were asking about you you get information in, your, in the evening maybe, and then you write pages and pages on it. Um, right. And and also I find that sometimes the information is like even the language is backwards. I have to really You know, uh, and it it's not for me. It's as though I'm having a conversation and the information comes forward in in a very intuitive way. So I will get a three-word response and and then I can feel into that and and get the depth of what you're talking about the breadth. You might feel into a sense and get the breadth of what's going on. Um, and the full message. Yes, I am more kinesthetic, and now I, I take it you're fairly audio in the way you receive information. Well, you know what happens for me is I tend to see it and then feel into it and hear it, but with the Akasha, you're right. It is more about hearing the, the response. Um, yeah, it's very different. And what people describe the Akashic Records looking like, my experience is very different. Actually, I see a very natural world when I when I go into the Akashic Records, and I don't see as much as I do here. So I think what I'm saying to you is maybe every reader or every intuitive would respond to it a little bit differently. And I always think of it as your strongest sense will be attracted there. So maybe my energy relationship to the Akashic Records is more audible, whereas my relationship to multisensory reading is more clairvoyance. It's more seeing. And I'm a very visual human. So (laughs) I think those things sometimes shift a little bit. But it is more audible. Mm-hmm. That's that's really a good point that you're making about how we all take in information differently because what we're talking about here that you and I are both passionate about is empowering the individual. And so for them to understand that they're not going to see it necessarily the way you or I see it, how, what do you have to say to that for people? Well, that's something that I teach. I encourage my clients to sense into, well, what I actually encourage them to do is about five minutes before they fall asleep while they're lying in bed, to ask themselves, what, you know, bring me some information. And, and the reason I say bring me some information is you don't know how it will come. You might hear something in your ear. You might see something, smell something. <clears throat> and even if nothing shows up, I will tell the client to then challenge it and say, what does the nothingness mean? <laughs> because <laughs> what I've found is the curiosity to find it will allow it to come forward. It shows that you trust it, even though sometimes we get really strange information when we first start. <laughs> the first time I did that, I saw, I can't even really explain it, but it was as though it was light, but it was this orange wave of light. And I thought, oh, that's kind of disappointing. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> and as I've developed my skill, I realize asking questions, now I might think orange would represent creativity for our sacral chakra and I might think well it's transparent what does that mean am I being transparent to my creativity I could build off of that information so I would encourage and I think too if you hear something in your ear and it's shrill or your ear starts ringing ask maybe you say I'm a human I'm hearing something in my ear can you bring it to my frequency just to try and see if it maybe it's an angel angels can sometimes have a shrill voice you know so 
to just be open to what comes and trust it, I think that's our most difficult thing is to trust what we're getting um, because it is it kind of seems strange and it's so gentle. It seems like, well, why would I pay attention to that? Look at our society. <laughs> there are billboards everywhere. <laughs> yeah, talk right? about course, right? <laughs> exactly. So that's do, what do I would encourage. That, do you think that we all have intuitive skills? Yes, I really believe so. And I believe that everybody has it through clairsentience and claircognizance. Would you describe those? <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. Clairsentience <laughs> is sensing, and it comes from the area where our solar plexus is, or that area that's, I don't know how to say it exactly, but squishy between our rib cage where it splits open, um, and we'll sense something. We might have a, a feeling inside that, you know, I don't want to do that. And then, you know, we sense through that, and we find out, boy, it's good we didn't go ahead and do that. I even mm-hmm. have a little story where my son was... Um, in the other room and he was quiet he's about four years old and my daughter and I were chopping up vegetables for dinner and we both set our knives down and walked out to the living room and and my son stuck a key in the socket and got electrocuted (laughs) and we we were sensing the energy in the quantum field so the second part that I would say is this claircognizance which is clear knowing and this whole shift that we're going through really embodies the clear knowing it's represented through our heart field and it's about discernment versus judgment. So with the claircognizance, there's knowing. We might know as we're driving home from an event and maybe three friends are driving all their cars and we're all going to the same place, but each friend takes a different way. And one friend, when they get there first, says, where, where are my friends? And the friends show up and say, how did you know to take this way? That's the power of it is we might know inside, well, I'm going to take the the pretty way home it just feels right inside and when we follow that we we get the benefit of you know maybe we felt chaotic energy on the highway it's packed up or something and we went along with what flowed for us so just to backtrack with clairsentience i encourage people to ask that solar plexus area in baby steps should i do this and then if it's kind of this it's a sound for me like an you know no kind of this stopping to, to stop and not follow that or choose to do that. But if it feels like flow from that area, go for it. Even if we get a gift in strange wrapping. And what I mean by that is sometimes when we choose something that feels right, it will look really wrong. But in hindsight, it will be something that was a huge catalyst for us. And then with the clear knowing, the heart field, I'll, um, maybe we'll go into this a little more too, but that that is about the power also can come through speech with that. I'll give an example. I was going to Africa in 2009 on a business trip, and I had young kids at the time, and my husband worked full-time, and so my friend, we were on a walk, and she was terribly scared for me, just like, how are you going to find help with your kids? You're going to be gone a long time, and, you know, there's so much to think about. And I said to her, instead of responding to her fears, I said, I don't know, but what I do know is my friends and family will step up and help out, and I just know it will all work out. And because I'm clairvoyant, I could see this little shakedown that she did, which is releasing the resistant energy. And then she turned and looked at me and said, how can I help? Mm-hmm. So her fears went into this position of, I'm realigning with your energy of not being afraid and knowing this is for you and supporting it. So discernment is quite powerful. It's, it's amazing how when somebody goes through a shift like that, it literally changes the future outcome, doesn't it? it you know, does. we're, we're going to have to take a quick break. On the other side of it, I want to go into the shift you mentioned. So okay. Amy, Amy and I will return to our discussion after this short break. You're listening to The Science of Magic on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. Previous broadcasts of thought-provoking episodes can always be found on our website, www.thescienceofmagic.net. Amy and I will be back, so don't you go away.
Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exome Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, High Tech with Corey Kay, and every minute of the 24-7, 365 programming of the Exome Broadcast Network by calling 712-432-9459, courtesy of TalkStream Live. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 712-432-9459 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember, 712-432-9459 for the best of paranormal, new age, thought-provoking, sci-fi radio programming 24-7, 365. Wouldn't you love to know the secret to everything? Well then, meet Dr. Kimberly McGeorge and her cutting-edge breakthrough knowledge that combines science with possibility. Dr. Kimberly brings real-life answers and healing to those open to alternative solutions. She teaches solution-based programs and classes that will change all areas of your life forever. Specializing in conscious creation, intuitive readings, and energy medicine, you can rapidly shift health, relationships, business, and money and abundance challenges quickly. Receive her best-selling book, Secret to Everything, at no cost by going to secrettoeverything.com forward slash xzone. That's right. Transformation can start now. Just go to secrettoeverything.com forward slash xzone and receive Dr. Kimberly's book for free. While science pursues fact, magic accesses the quantum level, bridging random facts to form truth. As long as science and magic remain separate and polarized, the truth cannot be known. I'm Gwilda Wiecka. Join me on the Science of Magic radio program, dedicated to unification and evolution of consciousness. During each episode, I'll be speaking with experienced and respected scientists and mystics. From astrologers to astronomers, from medical doctors to shaman, the scientific method to dowsing and intuition, we'll weave together information from seemingly divergent practices to promote unity and enlightenment. Join me, Gwilda Wiyaka, and the Science of Magic right here on the Mutual Broadcast Network. For more information, visit www.thescienceofmagic.net. I am Dr. Carl O'Helvey, founder, president of a new cancer foundation focusing on evidence-based physical, mental, and spiritual interventions, including natural cancer cures, prayer, meditation, affirmations, nutrition, and other related holistic cancer prevention and cure modalities. These are used in cancer education, research, and financing care. I ask for your help to continue this important work by donating at www.holisticcancerfoundation.com. Welcome back. This is the Science of Magic, a place where magic and science come together to promote enlightenment. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka. Our special guest this hour is Amy Vasserling, an intuitive reader, international speaker, teacher, healer, and coach. And before we went on the break, I promised our listeners we'd talk a little bit about that shift you said we're going into. Do you mind expounding? Oh, of course. I would love to. I believe in our world we're shifting to balance masculine and feminine energy. And what I believe was the precursor to this is that masculine energy was not conscious and feminine energy recognized it wasn't conscious and feminine energy knew it was conscious. So feminine energy stepped to the side and said, we will allow masculinity to wrestle out and figure out how to become conscious. 
and femininity will take the disparity of oversensitivity in this relationship. And so for me, how I see it is these large companies and all of the chaos that people are talking about or seeing in our world is moving to the hilt of the masculine arc of the story. And to me, masculinity I would define as being from judgment and mind, and it would be um, about A to B to C, linear logical thinking, whereas feminine energy is about the heart, it's about nurture and nourishing, and it's about following a pattern through feeling your way through versus thinking your way through. So as we're coming into 2016 and, and this year completes, we will complete the cycle of energy to elicit masculinity and femininity meeting each other. When I speak of this, I am not speaking about men and women, although what's happening right now as I see it is our societies are balancing out through men and women to come back to the truth of who a man is and who a woman is in our innate nature. To me, I now define a feminine or a woman as somebody who is alluring, captivating, and uses their beauty in, in themselves through a multitude of expressions. So beauty could be a child with a skin knee, and that's a beautiful experience. The other piece, and, and the most important piece for women, is empowerment. And that's what I teach all about. And how that comes is this gentle communication where the, the woman is able to communicate what her needs are and be received through calm communication. We're setting a tone as women right now in our society. For men, men are to be strength and be adventure. And what's happened in society is women have been told, you be the strength. And that's taking the man's role away from them. And that's made things really confusing. So out of that, what I would say is narcissism is at the hilt. And the reason that that is is that we're changing the belief structures and systems through the energy of what's happening right now and as I see it in the next two and a half years, we're coming back to the place where men can be in their innate nature, women can be in their innate nature. And because of that, feminine and masculine within each person, man or woman, will be within balance. Okay, I feel like I said a lot. <laughs> well, you did, and it was all good stuff. <laughs> but I hope that that makes sense. Yes, it Andrew. does. Yeah. yeah, it really does. And, and you know, we're seeing as of the astrological ages that this cycles in and out um, throughout the ages. We go into times that are more in, um, imbalanced in the feminine and the Scorpio, ages of Scorpio, and more imbalanced in the masculine and the age of Taurus. And then when we're looking at Leo and uh, Aquarius, which we're moving into, are the time of masculine and feminine balance. And it's all just different, different um, lessons, don't you think? Right. Well, and I yeah. do think that. I also think that there's, the reason we have so much chaos in our society is we're fleshing out old belief systems. And when we do that, we see kind of this arc of chaos before we hit what I call, so it's the myth, the old belief, the mystery, which is the chaos to try and find and establish the new, really true belief. And then the miracle, which is the final part where the belief is established within the individual and the other individuals around them can catch up to that new belief system. So, yes, I agree, and I think that that's how perhaps astrology or these other forces play a role is to help us clean our clock, you know, flesh <laughs> it all out, even though I know it's not always fun. <laughs> Yeah, time to roll up the sleeves and get to work. I'd like to get back to um, helping our listeners with how can an individual start to recognize their personal intuitive skills? It seems like it's different for everyone. So what advice do you give? Yeah, I would really encourage, I mean, the first thing is when for myself, when I started really having it come in strong, it was in my 20s. And what I didn't know how to do is turn it on and off and work with it. So I'll tell anybody that's having a fear experience around getting information from the universe um, and receiving that, or however you want to say that, God, source, universe, that to not be afraid, but work with it. The fear is driving you to figure it out. And what happened for me, and I'd encourage this in everybody, is I realized, boy, if I set intention around this, I can turn it on and off. So my intention, and you're welcome to use this <laughs> or come up with your own, is um, only show me what I can handle, and only show me when I solicit. And I realize solicit isn't a very godly word, but that's what came. <laughs> and it always has stuck so that I didn't have 
what was going on in my 20s, which were premonitions, seeing things before they happened, coming in more and more rapidly until I saw one that was too much for me to handle and I couldn't make sense of it. The other thing is if you're a visual, a clairvoyant, that the information comes in metaphor, so it's not necessarily um, an accurate portrayal of what will happen. It comes in a story form. But I encourage people, like I said earlier, to when that five minutes before you're going to sleep, ask questions because you're in a calm state. I also think noticing in children if they are saying things, like I had a dream last night and then this thing happened, we dismiss that and chalk it up. Well, that was deja vu, and it never really gets a good explanation for kids. But to say to a child, what did you think about that? How did it make you feel? Or tell me about that, and then just listen as the adult to allow them to keep that innate nature open. We don't need to be afraid of it. I have met some very young children that are incredibly able and they too need some support to understand it's safe and it's okay and they don't have to feel because it makes you feel very different. Um, that's another thing I'd point out is when we are expressing on this at a young age, we can feel very different and it's okay to feel different. What's happening inside is what I was just talking about with this shift is we're way makers. We're changing the tide and saying things can happen differently. Life can be easier. We can feel our way through. So those are some things I'd say to encourage people to be open to it. There are many ways to be this multi-sensory. You can smell or hear or sense or know or see, and you can taste. I have never tasted, and I think that's kind of lucky. That's kind of sketchy. But um, And normally people who smell, it will be a very strong smell like perfume or smoke. My child, my daughter, smelled a sandwich once um, that was absolutely not there. I've smelled baking bread before that's not there. <laughs> These are just little messages. And then the next piece is push into it and ask questions about it. What is that bread smell? And then get a sense of what that feels like. Oh, it feels like my grandma. You know, it feels like this or that. Uh, what do you think stands between us and our intuition? If we've all got it, but few of us express it, what's, what's standing between us and it? Well, I think that part of the shift that we're going through right now, because of the arc of masculinity, that that is something that said it's not safe. Can you imagine if if a woman could come up to somebody, well, even in, in my the case of my husband once, I said to him, we were driving past the family farm, his family, and two people had died in the family, and I said, who, who will be the third? Generally, that's the case. And it hit me like a ton of bricks on my chest, and I turned to him and I blurted out to him, your uncle's going to die in March, and then that indeed happened. And I think that if if particularly women, because it's a little bit more innate in our nature, we're able to do that, you can see that would become really scary to others. Well, how could you know that? How could you know ahead of time what's going to happen? And I think because of that, we systematically shut it off. And through, whether it's religion or, and I don't have anything wrong with religion, I think there's beautiful stuff that comes from religion, but like everything, it's a double-edged sword. There are some beliefs there that I think set in to be afraid of this innate ability. And so we're skeptical to trust it. I think the other thing is human nature. It's subtle. The intense voice inside of us is what rules us versus the gentle inkling of information that comes in. Those are the ones to follow. That is our intuition, and we tend to dismiss it, maybe because our society is so loud, or maybe because it seems at the moment like what just came in is of no consequence. You know, so we're yeah. You know, how, how how could a person tell intuition from triggering or from past damage and trauma? Because it seems like that plays in here from what you're saying. Well, a little bit. I think um, more what I'm saying is the egoic voice inside, which okay. would be the, um, you know, to me, I think of the ego as when you're sitting down to do some focused work. The ego is like, you better get a cup of tea. Oh, now you have to go to the bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) Did you turn off the oven? You know, did you sweep under the rug? (laughs) That kind of stuff. Versus the trauma is a little bit different. Um, So I'm going to put that to the side for a second. But that we're trying to get ourselves settled down so that we can hear the peaceful, quiet voice inside versus the egoic that's trying to constantly kind of thwart us. Um, I think with the trauma piece, I would separate that as maybe a third thing, which to me, this is what I teach about. It's to me about the emotional construct. If we weren't met emotionally as a child, 
in even simple ways, we're going to have stuck energy within our bodies and in our ourselves. And what will happen is emotionally we will start to judge ourselves and we'll fall into an emotional rut versus staying on, you know, the gangplank of like, woohoo, life is great, let's do this. <laughs> we'll get a little bit disheartened with ourselves or very disheartened. And then it's hard for us to actively manifest and see the potential of who we are. Um, so I think of the trauma as a little bit of a different thing of emotionally falling in the rut by outside experiences. The ego is constantly at us. <laughs> yeah. How much do you think the ego is tied in with um, all the distractions that we're exposed to? It seems like you walk into somebody's house, they got three or four TVs going, there's music playing, they're looking at their cell phone. How could you possibly hear anything past all that? Well, and I think that that's, I would call that, um, off of somebody named Michael Brown, he wrote a book called The Presence Process, I would call that controlling and sedating through his words, that what we are doing through any form is trying not to deal with ourselves. We're trying to shut off that very loud voice in our head and do it through means of constant TV and hearing all these things. And if we see terrible things on TV, then we can go to work and talk about those terrible things and say, oh my gosh, I'm so lucky. But really, that's not our way to peace. Instead, stopping that and saying, I'm sending these people love. They're having these difficult situations. And I trust that what they're receiving is something that is teaching and growing them and helping move forward. It's a it's a positive, even the horrific things going on in the world. <laughs> And we just keep that stream of love for that. I believe that's a much better way. I do think that the TV and media is sensationalized. I think it's a very fear-based. It is. And it's, it's amazing how you just described the – it's not staying uninformed, but it's how we approach the information and how we make that energetic shift to send love and support versus engaging in the drama trauma and feeding it. Amy, we're going to have to take another one of those wonderful breaks. <laughs> Okay. Um, and on the flip side, we'll have more fun. Amy and I will be back after this commercial break. You're listening to The Science of Magic on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net, the place where altruistic professionals of science and the esoteric create common ground for the betterment of our world. You can always listen to previous transformative broadcasts on our website, absolutely our gift to you, www.thescienceofmagic.net. .net. Don't go away. We will be back. As host of Dialogue with Divinity, I am thrilled to join the X-Zone Broadcast Network and their growing number of affiliates. My quest for a connection to the divine ignited my successful career path as an international spiritual counselor for over 40 years, an author of four books, and well-known metaphysical educator. My clients call me their spiritual mama. So my job is to offer you a radio show to help you grow spiritually with wisdom and get specific tools from guests who are experts in their field. Tune in to Dialogue with Divinity and be part of the conversation with Spirit. My goal, your happy soul. For more information, please visit my website at johannacarroll.com. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exome Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, High Tech with Corey Kay, and every minute of the 24-7, 365 programming of the Exome Broadcast Network by calling 712-432-9459, courtesy of TalkStream Live. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 712-432-9459 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. 
Remember, 712-432-9459 for the best of paranormal, new age, thought-provoking, sci-fi radio programming, 24-7-365. Coming soon to the Exxon Broadcast Network is a different perspective with me, Kevin Randall, as your host. We'll be taking a close look at what is happening in the world of UFOs today with side trips into the paranormal. Guests will range from those who are household names to those who have a different perspective on a variety of topics. No topic will be taboo, but there will be tough questions asked as we all search for the truth about UFOs, the paranormal, and those things that excite us. Sometimes we'll agree with a guest and sometimes we won't, but we'll try to keep the program topical. For those of you who would like to read, be sure to visit www.kevinrandall.blogspot.com and remember to listen to the other fine programs on the X-Zone Broadcast Network at www.xzbn.net. This is Kevin Randall. For nearly 30 years, I have been investigating the case of the Roswell UFO. I have interviewed hundreds of people and stood on the crash site. Now in Roswell in the 21st century, I have reviewed dozens of hours of audio and videotaped interviews, examined hundreds of files that relate to the crash, and have returned to Roswell in an attempt to put all that information into the proper perspective. For the first time in Roswell in the 21st century, I have made a dispassionate reevaluation of all that material and provide a new look at what happened. This is a book that clears away all the clutter that has hidden the truth for so long, strips away the various lies that surround the case, exposes the Air Force attempts at cover-up, and found a core of solid information that tells us all where the case stands today. Roswell in the 21st Century will be available in just a few weeks. For more information, please visit my website at www.kevinrandall.blogspot.com. What happened in Benghazi is revealed by Nicholas Genix, author of Obama, Islam, and Benghazi. He informs the American people that President Obama deceived them by advocating a strong foreign policy prior to the 2012 presidential election, and Hillary Clinton supported this deception. As the title infers, there is a connection between Obama, Islam, and Benghazi. Ample evidence informs Americans that Obama's early indoctrination in the Quran developed an infinity for Islam, why the Quran is the source of discontent in many countries, and why the Obama foreign policy deception led to poor military action and caused the loss of American lives in Benghazi. Genix provides 36 questions for the Select Committee on Benghazi to validate if Americans are justified to mistrust President Obama and Hillary Clinton. An overview of Obama, Islam, and Benghazi is presented on the website www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. Afterlife expert Roberta Grimes was the first one to say that dying can be fun. Now her best-selling book, The Fun of Dying, is available in stores worldwide. So if you wonder whether death ends life, how it feels to die, or what heaven might be like, The Fun of Dying was written for you. And if you have always been afraid of death, or if you worry that your life has no meaning, let The Fun of Dying ease your fears and bring new meaning to your life. Nothing said in The Fun of Dying is based on the teachings of any religion. Instead, Roberta draws on evidence to explain how death happens, how it feels, and what comes next. A lot of the best death-related evidence was produced in the first half of the 20th century. When it is put together with recent discoveries, it tells a consistent and amazing story. Roberta Grimes blogs and answers questions at robertagrimes.com. Her wonderful book, The Fun of Dying, is available on Amazon and at stores worldwide wherever books are sold. Welcome back. This is the Science of Magic, bringing together gifted people of service to the world. I'm your host, Gwilda Wiecka, and one of those people of service is our guest, Amy Vasserling. She's an intuitive reader, international speaker, teacher, healer, and coach. Amy, this has just been, we've been having too much fun here. (laughs) Um, Would you mind telling us how, um, 
how we can tell what we're perceiving in our intuition is real and, and you know, we might just dismiss it as, as wishful thinking. How do you discern between the two? Yeah, I think that the main way is to either write down what you're experiencing. And I set an intention when I first started reading for other people that in six months, 18 months, at some point after I had read for them, that they would come back and give me feedback to let me know how well I had hit with what they were, you know, what information I shared. I would encourage you to do the same thing with yourself and say, I'm getting this information and I've written it down and I've written the date maybe to help out and track it. And then to ask the universe, show me how this all puts, you know, comes together so that they can really start to see, oh, this is, I can trust this. This is information that is coming. Um, it's, it's a personal process to feeling through, I know that this is true or I'm not sure about it. And then I usually, if I'm reading for myself and I'm not sure about it, I put it on the back burner. And I'll ask a day later. And if I forget the question, it probably <laughs> wasn't that important. But I've put questions out there 13 years ago, and I still remember them. So I wouldn't remember them unless they weren't important, and maybe I'm not ready for the information. But I'll tell you, as you develop a relationship with yourself to ask those questions, you can just sort of hyperspeed yourself through life so that you don't have to wonder about a lot of these things. You can make decisions. And also claim in points. Sometimes we are in a place lacking clarity, and really the message is always in the contrast, that we just need to slow down and not take things so seriously and not need it to be clear, but just say, this is where I am now. Owning that is a great way to invite more intuition to come in. You know, one thing you've spoken about here that I'm really a big advocate of is intention and how it really directs not only where our um, intuition goes, but where our lives go. Can you speak to that? Yeah, I think um, intention is really important. One of the major things, especially also talking about the shift that's going on, is the way out of all of the chaos is to, this is kind of a funny term, but to raise our own freak flag. Meaning, if we look at society and say, this is who society is, and these are their beliefs and constraints to what I have experienced, and here I am, way over here, three miles west. <laughs> and I don't know how to be who I am, and I'm afraid. But the higher we hang our flag that we think is a freak flag, it's not, but we be ourselves, what happens is we start to have people who hear our message and join us. And it narrows the gap in our society to bring that three miles to a mile to a half a mile, closer and closer and closer, until we get into this position where we realize, oh, this is just a message and, and who I am to bring forward. And so that is a way that we can really trust our intuition, get with ourselves, is to show who we are, express ourselves, and narrow the gap in society so that if everybody is operating off of more of an intuitive base, we're going to do better. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah it makes absolute sense to me. And, and also, um, what do you think about um, I found as I work farther and further into this, I just really don't have much of an identity. I'm just a person being, doing. Can you speak to that a little? Well, that's the magic. So here's the deal. This is the premise I've come to is if we feel safe, we will self-express. And if we will self-express, we can come into fulfillment, which is the kind of the best friend of peace. And so what I'm saying is if we self-express and be the individual that we are, we will move into the collective and become so. So I'll give you an example, and this is kind of an extreme one, is Hitler. He was an artist. He made paintings of buildings. He said, I hate people. I will never draw them or paint them or anything. But he decided not to go back to high school or secondary school to get some classes he needed under his belt in order to go and study architecture. And everybody that was with him in art encouraged him to do that. He didn't, so he stifled his self-expression and Look at what came out of that. This extreme control came out of him. Can you imagine had he fulfilled, gone back and been humble, taken the classes, gone forward and been an architect, can you imagine the very different results? Yeah, it'd be amazing, wouldn't it? You know, before right. we get before we get too much further, I want you to please share with what services you offer and where people can find them. Yeah, Gwila, thank you. Yep, I have a website that's intuitive pathfinder, it's all one word, dot com. 
and you're welcome to peruse all the things I offer on there. I have a speaker series that I offer every other month on an energetic theme. Those are also offered as MP3s that you can purchase online, so you don't have to be where I am to receive those. I do Akashic Records readings once a month, and I also do intuitive readings, which are really nurturing-based in the way of giving you tools to help you catch up to the, your own level of spirituality. I think of it as I'll be the jet fuel to get your airplane off the ground, and then you go fly. I really have a, a determined sense inside of me to see people thrive. And I also offer um, groups that cycle for one year together. They're women's labyrinths, and the idea is that the women spend time connecting, building a community and a network, and that they settle themselves down to really trust their intuition and that inner guidance and voice and gain clarity about career, love relationships, and, um, and just self, kind of their, their world of their self over that course of the year. Those are online groups, and I'll be starting one in January of 2017. So you can also see about that on my website. Perfect. Beautiful, beautiful provisions, and thank you for offering them. Do you see us coming together as community is very important at this time, and if so, why? I do, but I don't think that we're ready for it. I think the individual is still wrestling out of their own fear and the energy experience, kind of of our trauma, our past, and our lineage, and that we will in time come forward. I think a lot of people right now are wanting, and what I see as a reader in that wanting is they actually are wanting their people. They aren't wanting something. They want to be with those people that are going to move them the furthest or that they're there to teach and be of service to, and that once we get into those spots where we're really with our people more and more as a vast majority of society, we will find an astounding level of community. It, it's amazing. And don't you think that um, what one person can, can do, but if we combine our intuition and our, and our way of li- living and our way of reframing things with members of, a, of, a, of our community, that we can come up with a larger picture of truth? Yes, absolutely. And how, how far out in the future do you see that as happening? Well, I think it will take generations to really get to this sweet spot of changing all the energy that's happening now. But I do think we see hallmarks of things changing. Like right now, since April, women have been quite focused on being the adult woman that they came here to be. And that pattern is shifting, which is creating a lot of, um, I'm going to just say distress. I don't really want to use that word. But in love relationships to wrestle out and move the way forward. So I think it's in, in small ways, it's right there. But for me, I think until about two and a half years from now, we will be at a much more balanced point in each of us. I also see there are three soul groups that I can identify, and they are going through this change and awakening. And all of a sudden, just a few, I don't know, a few weeks ago, I saw um, three more, six more, nine more, 12 more, all of the groups that are coming after these to slowly shift into this. So I think it's just going to be an evolution. And um, hopefully in my kids' time, you know, as I pass on, they'll see the full fruition of what's happening. But I do think in the coming years we're going to see a lot more balance in our country um, of the United States or um, and, you know, in our in our society. It will settle down. That's such a hopeful message because right now we are entering into chaos and we do have to enter into chaos to break up the old structure before we can reestablish a new. Is that what you're talking about? It is, and that we're at the kind of the hilt of some um, chaos to bring it back to. It's it's rebalancing itself. Well, I think of it like childbirth. At the very end of birthing a baby, there's extraordinary pain, and you push into the pain. And why you do that, I don't know, but your instinct is to do so. We're doing the same thing. We're birthing something massive. And it's happening in our individual lives as well as in um, the lives of society. I mean, there's chaos going on, and we just need to move through that personally as well as in mass, don't you believe? Absolutely. And there are many, many layers to it, like you're saying. There's the personal layer, and there's the um, layer of our society, and then there's the layer of our country or our state or our world, or you know, so absolutely. And it's so important, don't you think, to embrace the dissolution so that we can create what we want. Yes. Yep. We do. We need to meet it within ourselves, I believe, first and say, you know, what we, what we intend and and stick with that. And do you see truth evolving during this time as well? 
I do. I think it's already there. I think truth always existed. I particularly think that truth is so embedded in these wayfinders, the people who might feel different or be very sensitive in our society, and that they are confused because they don't necessarily sync up very well with the masculine model that's current of these large companies and that one person's on the top and then there are all these people that trickle down. I think that they're much more in harmony with this um, altruistic, cohesive work environment where you use your best skills. And I do see that, actually. There is a corporation in the Twin Cities whose CEO has sent Amy, out Amy I'm sorry. <laughs> we're going to have to do this again because time flies and we're out of it. Oh, Quilda, thank thanks you. so much. Thank you so much, Amy. Our guest this hour has been Amy Vasterling, an intuitive reader, international speaker, teacher, healer, and coach. Her website, www.intuitivepathfinder.com. This has been the Science of Magic. Remember, you can always listen to Pat thought, past thought-provoking episodes on our website, Our Gift to You. Until next time, dear ones, may you be blessed with knowledge and comforted with love on your path to sovereignty. Find us at www.thescienceofmagic.net. Music.